Hello, here we are again, meeting together this morning at home. But um, welcome to our Sunday morning meeting. My name is Emma and it's just great to be with you and to join together the way that we are and spend some time in God's Word together this morning. So if you've got your Bible, open it or switch it on. We're in, uh, still in our Reset series, which means we're in Acts 2 and we're looking at verses 42 to 47. So let's just jump straight in and, and we can read this together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. <clears throat> Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, would you come and strike our hearts again this morning with revelation from your word? Come and encounter us wherever we are this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill us again, even now, that we would, that we would know what it is to be filled with the awe of God. Show us what it is to live devoted to you every day of our lives. That we would see miracles, signs and wonders in increasing measure in our town, in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces. Father God, even in our nation and to the ends of the earth. Just remind us again afresh this morning of the power and the authority that's been given to us to advance your kingdom by the demonstration of a powerful gospel. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen. Okay. So sometimes um, when we read the book of Acts, we can kind of approach um, Acts and read it as if it's a historical document, which of course in one way it is, but it's so much more than that. It's very much what God wants to do again and again in increasing measure, because we know that the kingdom of God is going from glory to glory. The kingdom isn't going backwards, it's advancing and moving forwards. And Acts actually provides us with that springboard into the much more that God wants to do in us and through us. When we read Acts, I just think it's also really important to remember that these guys were regular people like you and I. They were in relationship with Father through faith in Jesus' life, death and resurrection, just like us. But God was working powerfully in them and through them by the Holy Spirit. But it's the same Holy Spirit power that lives in you and in me. They weren't hovering above the ground like superheroes. They were partnering with a supernatural God by faith to bring heaven to earth. They were on an incredible adventure. And I just wonder, the question for us really is, would we say yes to an adventure like that with Jesus? 
So we enter the story of Acts here in chapter 2, almost halfway through a bigger story really, because Acts is, a two, is part 2 of a two-part volume. So there's another book that goes together with Acts and it's, impar- it's important that we recognise and acknowledge that. So the Gospel of Luke, that was written by Luke, is the first part of this volume. And Luke is also the author of Acts. He was a doctor, he was meticulous, and he really grounds what is happening with great historical accuracy. So if we want to kind of understand and kind of unearth the riches within Acts through Luke's writing, it's really great for us to have a good understanding and be familiar with the Gospel of Luke as well. Whenever Luke is writing Acts, there's, a f- there's familiar nuances and tones in his writing. And actually you can see him really in his writing in the book of Acts. Really he's pointing back to the Gospels saying, do you remember what Jesus did? Do you remember what he promised? And do you remember who he's, what he said you would do? So as we look at this really small verse, verse 43, there are three things I'd like to look at this morning in this passage. Number one is rediscovering our awe of a supernatural God. Number two is recognising that the church is a supernatural church. We are a people, we are a church with power and with authority who God uses and works through to demonstrate his power with signs and wonders. And thirdly, I'd like to say, we all get to play. We all have a part to play. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. So let's get stuck in at the beginning, rediscovering our awe. I think in these days, we have to be careful that the culture out there doesn't pollute the culture in here. I don't know if you've noticed, but so many things these days actually can be described as awesome. We attribute that superlative to so many things that are actually not awesome at all. So just for fun, I put hashtag awesome into Google. You may or may not be surprised to know that there have been 96,244,949 hashtag awesome posts on Instagram alone. And it's for things like false eyelashes, a lit fade, some of you will know what that is and some of you won't, chocolate brownie pudding, skateboard tricks, cat videos and most currently creative face masks. Now actually some of you might think that these things are worthy of that hashtag, I don't know. However, I would actually suggest that the meaning has got slightly obscured and diluted. The dictionary describes awe as an overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration and fear produced by something which is grand, sublime and extremely powerful. For example, in awe of God. I found that really interesting and incredible. I love those words that just kind of enrich my kind of understanding of that. And as I was looking into this, I came, um, I came across this, you might know this already, but this was interesting for me, um, that historically in the 1800s, 
um, people then set aside something called wonder words. I love that expression. So they set aside words such as awesome, magnificent, marvellous, resplendent and incredible for the express purpose of one thing, to describe God. They reserve these words to define God and his unending attributes. And actually, we only need to look back at some of those famous old hymns to recognise those authors and lyricists that held God in the highest regard and in the holiest revere. And there's a very familiar song that I know you're going to know, um, which, which is, O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder. Such an incredible hymn. Here's a quote from a guy called Paul Tripp about awe. He says, God created an awesome world. God intentionally loaded the world with amazing things to leave you astounded. The carefully air-conditioned termite mound in Africa, the tart crunchiness of an apple, the explosion of thunder, the beauty of an orchid, the interdependent systems of the human body, the inexhaustible pounding of the ocean waves on the shore, and thousands of other created sights, sounds, touches and tastes. God designed all to be awesome and he intended you to be amazed by them daily. Every awesome thing in creation is designed to point you to the one who alone is worthy of capturing and controlling the awe of your searching and hungry heart. I have come to see that we are wired for awe, but we're just not wired for natural awe. Horizontal awe is always meant to do one thing, stimulate vertical awe. We are wired the awe of a supernatural God. What a quote. Do you know what? We might not even recognise that we have lost awe or wonder. Um, but I do feel that in my own life, and I can see, and I've had conversations with friends and people around me, that actually there does seem to be something of a, of a kind of rediscovery of this for us. Because if we're not careful, we can become over-familiar, unimpressed, casual and even sceptical or cynical when we think about who God is, what he's done and what he's actively doing today. So if we're going to rediscover our awe of him, we are to be overwhelmed by him. When the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, which we read about just at the very beginning of Acts chapter 2, the disciples were baptised or overwhelmed by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that has been sent by God for you. He is the agent of divine action on this earth. He is God's gift to you. Holy Spirit testifies to, testifies to us who God is according to his word. And let's not forget, Holy Spirit is the author of scripture. Being filled or overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit is significant for in our rediscovery of awe, to be in awe of God. In Luke, we see that being close to Jesus, being in the presence of God, being around everything that Jesus was doing and teaching and showing and revealing, we see that just being in that atmosphere and in that presence, that God fills and overwhelms people with awe. 
Luke 5 says, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Luke chapter 7 shares this. After Jesus raised the son of the widow, they were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. I really want to say, and I really feel this is true, and it's a moment here really together, that there's an invitation for you to rediscover what it is to revere him, what it is to admire him, what it is to be filled with awe, just like the disciples in that early church. Let's just take a moment actually together right now. Let's just close our eyes. Let's give our attention to him. Why don't you right where you are, just invite the Holy Spirit to overwhelm you afresh, to fill you, to strike your heart with revelation and awe of God. Maybe if you're with someone else, you've got someone sitting next to you, maybe you could hold hands or put a hand on each other and pray for each other as well. Holy Spirit, in this moment, come and overwhelm us and fill us again. Jesus, I pray, would you remove anything in us that would pollute or dilute us being in awe of our magnificent Father God. Move on our hearts right now. Move on our hearts so that we can acknowledge and remember that he is magnificent. He is marvellous. He is resplendent. He is incredible. He is incomparable. He is otherly. God is all-powerful, he is almighty, and he is astonishing. He is perfect and righteous and holy and incorruptible. Our God is extraordinary. He is awesome. Oh, Holy Spirit, would our hearts and would our thoughts just resonate with who God is. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So number two, number one, being in all. Number two, the supernatural church, the church with authority demonstrating signs and wonders. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So first of all, what are miracle signs and wonders? Well, to, really, to explain it really basically, I would say this. They are events which unmistakably involve an immediate and powerful action of God designed to reveal his character or purposes. The thing is, 
Jesus's intention for the church is to preach the gospel and see it confirmed in Holy Spirit power with supernatural signs that follow. That's his intention, is a supernatural church. Mark 16 says this, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. This is the pattern that Jesus gave to his church. It's that we preach and teach his, wor his word throughout the world and he faithfully confirms what we say, what we teach with supernatural signs, healings and miracles. We can't ever be content with only speaking or teaching or preaching the word, but without any expectation of supernatural gifts. The manifestation of Holy Spirit power is absolutely essential to effective ministry and encounter with Jesus, and it's exactly how he intended it. Our job here on earth is to announce to the world the great gospel message, the great salvation that Jesus has provided for all who, who will receive it. And God's promises, God's promise alongside that is to confirm the gospel, to testify to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is the supernatural church. This is Jesus's intention for us. In John 2, when Jesus performed his first public miracle at the Cana wedding feast, his miracle inspired faith and it says they believed in him. This pattern reoccurs throughout the four gospels and the book of Acts and on into the New Testament. The gospel is preached healings or miracles or other supernatural signs confirm and validate the word preached and people believe and and at times particularly at pentecost thousands are added at a sing, in, in a single moment acts 3 then peter said silver or gold i do not have but what i do have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth walk Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And all the, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him to be the same man who would sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. But many who heard, and many who heard the message believed. So the number of people who believed grew to about 5,000. The gospel is not only a word, it is also power. The dramatic growth of the early church was consistently a result of God's work being preached and then confirmed and validated with supernatural manifestations. I just feel this morning that for some of us, we might be thinking, I'm desperate for radical growth. There is no better mix than the word of God and the supernatural power of God to bring radical transformation and a radical growth spurt in your life. Acts 5, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. 
no one else dared join them, even though they were highly, highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall upon them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick to, and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. All of them were healed. As we continue reading in the book of Acts, we see many signs and wonders done by the apostles. Widespread healings occurred and multitudes continued to believe and be added by the Lord. After Jesus returned to heaven, the church that he founded continued in the example that he'd given to preach and teach the word with visible power. Not just the power of their words, which is of course, a great thing, but with power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out, cast out spirits and so much more. It was this combination, word and power, that dramatically expanded the kingdom of God on earth in the early years of the church. In Acts 8, we see Philip who went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he did. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed. Now there was a man named Simon who had practised sorcery in the city, and he had amazed the people of Samaria. He would boast about himself that he was someone great. Simon believed and he was baptised, and he began to follow Philip everywhere as he was so astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. This is such good news, and this is such an incredible moment for us, because actually here we see that it's not just the apostles doing the mighty works. Here we read of Philip, the spirit-filled deacon, preaching with power in Samaria, his message was Christ Jesus, as it should be the central focus of any of our ministry. But Philip doesn't just preach, he also cast out demons. He ministered healing to many, including the paralyzed and the lame, and there was a great harvest of souls. It's just astounding. Here we begin to see the growth of the early church and the kingdom advancing, this supernatural church. The apostles are doing signs and wonders, but now we also see other spirit-filled believers performing signs, wonders, and miracles. It wasn't just contained to the apostles. Miracles, signs, and wonders were marks of the emerging church, as others were also spirit-filled and ministered in the power and the authority that they have in Jesus. We see that this supernatural activity at this time is where we see God is on the move and it's creating opportunity for redemption and relationship with him through signs and wonders. The Holy Spirit is God in action. He is the third person of the Trinity. He and he worked everything that God does today on this earth is by the Holy Spirit. The apostles needed the Holy Spirit and so do we. Our God is supernatural. 
and he always intended that his church would be a supernatural church. Reinhard Bonnke says, to God, nothing is more natural than the supernatural. I think sometimes we need to be reminded of, of where we have been placed, where we're seated with Jesus, that actually it's more natural for us in our new identity to be supernatural. You know, in these days, we are hearing incredible stories of the miraculous, incredible God breaking in, in situations and in places all over the earth that seem to be impossible, but for him. The great news is my final point that we all get to play. Acts 2:17 says, "In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams." The spirit of God has been poured out on all flesh. That means everyone is fair game for the kingdom of God. I'm really hoping that there's been something that's maybe been stirred in you this morning, maybe some embers that have been fanned into flame. I'm really believing that the Holy Spirit has been meeting with you this morning. In Luke 22, Jesus says, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me. He also says in John 14, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Listen, Jesus is now with the Father. Jesus is with the Father. He is in the throne room. He has been, he is, he's been re-enthroned, that he's sitting in his rightful seat. He's sitting in heaven. He is seated. It's a declaration that he is where he's meant to be. He's taken his rightful place. And from that place, he has sent the Holy Spirit to empower and enable believers with power and authority and with spiritual gifts. You see, something I've come to realise is in my own life is when I think about being born again, I often say, I often hear myself saying things that I've invited Jesus into my life as if it was somehow my decision. And actually, I've just recently been rethinking that, that actually the truth is when we're born again, Jesus has invited me, he's invited us into his life. We are now in him. We are seated in heavenly places with power and authority. We are citizens of a different place. Miracles, signs and wonders are happening today in the kingdom of, and the kingdom of God is advancing. God is breaking in. I get so inspired when I read stories about the lives of incredible people like John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, Catherine Coleman, Todd White, Heidi Baker and so many more. But the truth is for me, I don't just want to be inspired. I want to be like this, the people of the early church, the emerging church. I want to be in awe. I don't want to just hear testimonies or even see from the sidelines of people being raised from the dead or the blind seeing or, or, or hear these incredible testimonies of miracles, signs and wonders. Actually, 
I want God to do that through me. I want God to do it through our church. I want God to be doing it through God first. And the truth is because of the Holy Spirit, we all get to play. We all get to be part of this supernatural church. We all get to have opportunities to be overwhelmed, to be filled with awe at what God is doing in us and through us as he continues to advance the kingdom through the church. I'd really love us to respond together. And I know you're at home, but I'd really, really like it if you would stand with me, please. Let's just take a minute to be in the presence of God, to respond to him. Jesus, thank you for all that you are. Thank you for the revelation that you bring to us of all that you are and of all that we are in you. Of Thank you that you bring revelation to us and you show us what we have been made for. Heavenly Father, this morning I pray, would you come upon us again in great power? Would we be filled with your Holy Spirit and be in awe of you? Would you use us? Would you work in us and through us that we would see miracles, signs and wonders that it wouldn't just be something that's a, a mark in history of the early church, but would it be a mark on us? Would it be a mark of our history? Would we be marked with miracles, signs and wonders? Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you are the hero of our story. Jesus, help us remove the things that get in the way of us being entirely and totally devoted to you. Just right now, for anyone who is sick or suffering, I speak healing to you in the name of Jesus. For anyone with any foot complaints or difficulty with um, circulation in the feet, in Jesus' name, be healed now. For anyone at this time or this place who is suffering with pain, chronic pain, pain that you have had in your body for years and years and years, we speak to that pain in the name of Jesus and say, go now in Jesus' name. Jesus, fill us with all. Fill us again with all as you use us and work through us and shape us to demonstrate your power through miracles, signs and wonders. Jesus, we just respond to you today and we say yes 